Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. And good Saturday morning on this December 7th. Remember Pearl Harbor Day. It's also another special anniversary day. I'll tell you about that a little bit later on. Well, we are in December. Yes, uh, it was supposed to be winter, but... (laughs) You could have fooled me this week. Got up almost close to 80 in some of our listening areas. Uh, We do have another little cool snap coming, though. Uh, It is good. It's been a little bit dry, and that's not a bad thing either. So if you're going to get out and do some hunting and fishing, uh, the table's set for you. The first split of the duck season all across Louisiana will wrap up uh, tomorrow afternoon or tomorrow evening at sunset. But between now and then, we're going to take you out to some duck blinds and get some reports from some of the hunters. How has your duck season been? You know, we've been talking about the state of Louisiana, also Mississippi and Alabama, the Gulf South, uh, down on the lower end of the Mississippi Flyway. Uh, our duck uh, situation is what I call a crisis. Uh, we are not getting the migrations, and there's a lot of reasons why, but uh, we don't have it nailed down precisely. But I think a lot of folks are starting to catch on and get the message of what's going on up the flyway. And I want to let you know that on the uh, last show of this month, we're going to be starting a new feature uh, called the Foulmouth, Flyway Foulmouth Radio. And Josh Goins of the Flyway Federation is going to join us, and we'll open up the phone lines and our text message board uh, between 7 and 9. It'll probably be from the 8 to 9 o'clock hour if you're going to be in your duck blind. Uh, take your iPhone with you. You can listen along and also participate in the program as we try to solve what has become a, a crisis, really, for waterfowl hunters. Well, you got deer hunting going on. A lot of areas to rut us in and the deer are chasing. We had a really nice time over at the island this week. I'm talking about the Bayou Wild TV team. Uh, we made a hunt with the Hunt for the Hungry, Andy Record, the director, Julie Grunwald, and a guy I hadn't seen in a long time, Will the Thrill Clark of the San Francisco Giants fame. Uh, Will bagged a, a nice axis deer, which will be donated for the Hunt for the Hungry, and we're going to be doing uh, an upcoming episode of Bayou Wild. You'll see that uh, this coming week. We're going to be at St. Vincent de Paul in Baton Rouge. And uh, they're actually going to be serving some of the, the clients there and, and doing a little bit of cooking. So stay tuned for that. Our bad boy, the outdoors. Well, we got a guy that just kind of got out of control with the redfish and the black drum. We'll tell you his crime and what his time will be. And we'll uh, also give you the... Uh, anniversary of, of the Bayou Wild TV show. I'm going to tell you a little bit more of that, about that. Coastal Marine forecast, if you are headed out today. And by the way, uh, the snapper season uh, is still open. Uh, there was an emergency, not closure, but an opening that was issued when they discovered we did not reach the quota here in Louisiana. So it is open until December 31st, the last day of this month. And it is a seven-day-a-week season. It's not like the regular season where it's Friday, Saturday, and Sundays only. 
and as soon as the quota is reached, it will be shut down. Whichever comes first, December 31st or the reaching of the harvest quota. And so far, we have gotten no notification. So Red Snapper in the Gulf of Mexico off Louisiana waters is actually fair game. And if you're going out today, you're looking at north winds. Uh, about 10 to 15, 2 to 4 foot seas. Going to be a little bumpy tomorrow, much nicer. Uh, winds will switch around easterly, get a little bit of southwest in it as yet another front approaches. 10 to 15, 2 foot seas. Uh, inside waters today, north wind, 5 to 10, light chop, pretty good conditions. But I got to caution you, some areas are reporting low water. And there's also some, a situation out there with a low tide range. Average tide range is about 0.4 which that's eh, not much. But if you're going to go, you got to go. Tomorrow, northeast and southeast winds about five knots, some smooth conditions. So for the inshore fishing, and I've got to tell you, when we start getting the reports in this morning, there are a lot of good fishing reports, both fresh and salt water out there. And the first place we'll get the report from is Robbie Campo down at Shell Beach. We'll talk to him. Eric Mahabarak joins us for a paddling report. And if you are a white perch, crappie, slash, sockele fisherman, Jeff Rule's got some good news for you on our freshwater report. All that's coming up over the next couple of hours, so stay with us. And don't forget our text board, 870-870. It's real time. Send us a text, who you are, where you are, what you got going on this Saturday morning in December where you are listening to the Outdoors with Don Dubuque Radio Network. All right, each week we take you down to the heart of St. Bernard Parish to get a fishing report from that area with Robbie Campo standing by at Campo's Marina in Shell Beach. Beautiful downtown Shell Beach. Robbie, how's it looking this morning? Well, I'll tell you, Don, we got a, about a about a five-mile-an-hour north wind blowing. Um, the water's coming in right now. But I think that's more wind-driven than uh, actual tide movement. But nevertheless, the tide is moving. Um, but it's going to start falling today, and it'll probably fall all day again like it did all week. Um, earlier in the week, Don, it was, you know, the fishing was really poor. Um, Wednesday, around 11.30-ish or so, uh, it seemed like the trout turned on. Uh, our guides were struggling. Um and it and it, from there it progressed and it got better all you know to the latter part of the week. Um, I'm not going to say that everybody went out there and limited out because that would be a lie. They went out there, they caught 40, 35, 40 trout, you know, with with their reds. Reds was no problem to get. Reds could take a little bit more cold weather. We all know that. Um, but I tell you, Don, uh, live shrimp was the ticket. If you didn't have live shrimp, you were you were not going to get them plastics and look we got some of the best plastics on the market <clears throat> and and believe me they work but this week here it was live shrimp um and i'm not telling you this because i, I sell live shrimp it's what it's it, the facts um you know to go out there and you didn't have them you just didn't get them you just didn't catch the trout um um so with that said you know up the channel is good all the way to the wall and shell met caught fish um, Bayou, Bayou Gallego, Lena Lagoon, Mussolini, St. Marlo, all these areas back up in this Biloxi Marshall Stump Lagoon was good. They did have a lot of throwbacks with them, uh, Don, but for the most part, uh, you know, even in the Mr. Go here, they've been catching a lot of uh, sheephead along the rocks. So you can put a mixed bag together. You can, you know, put them, you know, get your, get your box full. You just got to put some time in to do it. Um, as a matter of fact, I tell you, they were fishing them about four feet deep in the beginning of the week, 
And toward the end of the week, they shallowed up to around, you know, back to that three-foot <clears throat> bite, you know what I mean, where you set your line about three feet and you could get them casting along those rocks. Um, and, again, a lot of sheephead, a lot of freshwater cats. With the water being down, um, a load of bass. I mean, I'm just telling you, bass, you don't know where they come from. Just everybody's been getting, the, you know, no problem catching bass up up the channel here about three miles even even down towards uh, Bayou Gallego and Lena Lagoon, they've been catching some nice bass over that way too. So, um, like I said, you can put them as a mixed box together. There's no better time to come out here. It's going to be sunny today. I did see uh, – I, I did run through a little bit of rain this morning coming down to work. Uh, I got not rain, drizzle. I'm going to say drizzle. So it did, it did rain, but my radar doesn't show anything on the phone. So I, I think we're going to be – it says it says it's going to be sunny. We just got to keep our fingers crossed and say it's going to be sunny. As far as duck hunting goes, Don, Biloxi Marsh had a few grays in it. If you're going out there to try it, just left for this last weekend, you know, um, stay in the blind a little bit longer, guys. There's going to be a lot of boats running around. Uh, These guys, you know, the fishermen will help you run, jump some of these ducks up. Maybe you can get your limit. Um, They have been killing um, a lot of dogrees. a lot of dogrees been, you know, in the lake and, you know, feeding up into that marsh. You're only allowed, I think, I think two, if I'm not, two or three. I, you know, so don't go killing more than you're supposed to. Uh, as a matter of fact, I should know that. I think I'm pretty sure it's three. But um, but they did kill some grays in a marsh over here in the Bluxy Marsh on a management area. So if you're going to go hunt grays, and, and as a rule, grays don't usually start flying until around 8 or 7, 30, 8 o'clock. Most people want to be out the blind for that time, but stay a little bit longer. Let these guys run, jump them up for you. <clears throat> you might kill you, might kill you a few gray ducks because this is the last weekend, I believe. Then we got the split coming, so um, that's what we got for a fishing report. So if you're coming down here, take a left at that bridge and come on out and see us. We got plenty of live shrimp on hand. We're gonna get you parked. We're gonna get you in your boat. We're gonna get you fishing before these other guys get off the trailer. So come and see us. You know, Robbie, you mentioned uh, not a whole lot of water moving. We've got very little tide today, and it doesn't look like there's going to be much wind, too. So the key is going to be finding some moving water and uh, choke points. That's where I think we need to send people. Is wherever you got those tight little well, areas well, that, where that, the water is constricted. That is true. Um, any spot that you could find some moving water, clean water, because it was really, really dirty at the beginning of the week. But it did clear up. Um, I mean, you could see, you could see two or three feet down right now, and you know, in the bayou here. So, you know, I know the ship channel and everything's about about the same thing. So, um, find some find some moving water around some points. Stop and try it. I'm telling you, but but Don, even with the even not having much tide and the water being dirty during the week, you know, people still pull the mixed bag of you know a fish off these rocks along the Mister Go here. You know, with sheephead and you know little drums and uh, um, you know trout and redfish and bass and freshwater catfish, everybody put something together. So they didn't go they didn't go home, you know, uh, with a frown on their face. Everybody caught something. <laughs> so, I mean, I think you could, you know, and I don't think today's gonna be any different. I think you could go there and do the, do that same thing today. Robbie, I, I got a listener that said uh, you mentioned north wind, incoming tide wind driven with a question mark I, I guess he's thinking if there's a north wind the water should normally be running out why would the water look like it's incoming with a north wind 
Well, Don, since they put that dam up down in Hopedale, it changed the whole dynamics of this place. So <clears throat> every time now we get a we get a north wind, what it does is it feeds that water, it pushes that water across Lake Bourne, and it pushes it on this side of the lake. So therefore, it when actually it yeah, through right. Old Shell Beach Bayou, and it comes and it pushes it across the channel into Shell Beach Bayou here by the marina, and it and it does raise the tide instead of it falling. If that dam wasn't there, that water would be rocking. <laughs> it would be rolling right out of there, right? right. Exactly it would be right. rolling out of here. But that, yeah. it, you know, now that the dam's here, it pushes it in and it actually raises it. So yeah. um, until the water falls, the water falls now toward violet, which is it, it's crazy, but that's the way it falls. It falls toward violet. So, you know, but but now it, it pushes it across the lake and it gets stuck, you know piled up on this side of the um, on this side of the lake on the eastern shoreline here, and that's what makes the water you know, come up some. So that was a good question, though. That was a very question. good question. Yeah, and, yeah, and you gave him the exactly no right answer. Yeah, that's why water comes <laughs> up with a north wind. Never used to be like that in Grandpa's days. Nope. but things have changed. Nope. Things nope. have changed. Absolutely. So, all right, Robbie, take care of the customers when they come down. Yes, sir. Yep. All right, buddy. All right, guys. Talk a lot. See you next week. Robbie Campo, stop by and see him. Shell Beach, uh, Campo's Marina. All right, we're coming back. Uh, that was Rusty in Morapah, and uh, you're quite welcome, Rusty. We've got some more text to share with you. We'll do that when we come back at 870-870. We love to hear from you on Saturday morning. How's your duck season going? How's your deer season? You got a fishing report to share with our listeners? we got uh, thousands of fishing reporters out there. They're you. And we'll be back to pass them along right after this time out on the Outdoors with Don Dubuque Radio Network. All right, we're talking about duck hunting. This is the uh, final weekend of the first split. It'll reopen in all three zones for the second split. That'll be coming up on November, I'm sorry, December. Uh, the Let's see, it depends on what zone you're in. If you're going to be hunting on the uh, December 21st is for two of our zones. That would be for the west and the coastal zone. The east zone uh, reopens one week from today, uh, tomorrow actually. Yeah, today, the 14th, one week from today till January 26th. Uh, Ravi was talking about those dogris, uh, or scop is what the rest of the country call them. A dogri is the Cajun French word for that diving duck. Uh, he wasn't, he, he, he was right, but he wasn't quite sure. It is three per day, and there are special limitations. You know, it's a six duck per day limit for hunters, but there are certain species that you have more limitations on. Uh, mallards, you can shoot four mallards of your six, but only two of those four can be hens. Uh, three wood ducks, and again, the three scarp or dogri, two canvasbacks, two redheads, one model duck, one black duck, and one pintail as per person. And you really need to know those regulations, uh, and you really need to know your duck identification. Um, you need to study up on them, watch them. And look for the the wing beat speed, the size, the shape, the sounds they make. All of those things can can make you better at identifying uh, ducks. All right, talking about duck hunting. How was your duck season? I'd love to hear from some of you. Text me at eight seventy eight seventy. Here is the results of this week's hunter participation harvest summary, which is taken by our State Department of Wildlife and Fisheries. And they estimated that the number of ducks harvested that they checked and counted were 40 by 75 hunters that they checked, which gives you an actual kill per hunter of 0.5 ducks per person. It's not even a one duck per person. Now, this is on WMAs, wildlife management areas, and uh, on Atchafalaya Delta, the kill per hunter was 1.2. Pass a loot, this is hard to believe, 
uh, 1.0 and normally it's around 3 or 4 and point of shin was at uh, depending on which area, overall it was 0.2 giving you a total of one half duck per hunter and that's uh, checking actually checked 36 hunters they estimated there was 75 in the area that they had stopped most of the birds uh, continues to be the dogria scarp and blue wing teal um, again uh, I don't know how many times I've said this but we're coming off of the worst uh, migration, fall migration, winter migration of ducks last year since they've been recording it. This year doesn't look a whole lot better, maybe a little better than last year. But in, And there's birds in some spots people are limiting out, and other areas aren't even firing a shot. Our waterfowl situation is in a state of crisis. And if you go to my webpage, DonTheOutdoorsGuy.com, take a look at that video. When you've got about 30 minutes, I think it's about 30 minutes long, same time you would take to watch a TV show. Watch it, listen to it, and, and think about it, and I think you may find some, some answers, or at least some questions that certainly need answers. All right, we also uh, have a situation where the National Wildlife Refuge is here in Louisiana. They are going to be proposing annual public use permit fees. Now, this was a big change. Uh, the National Wildlife Refuges have always been open and free to the public for hunting and certain other activities. Uh, you do need a permit, but it's absolutely free. There is a fee rate schedule that has been proposed, and there are public forums. And they're going to be going all across the state of Louisiana asking you to come out and comment about what you think about these use fees. Do you favor them? Are you opposed to them? Do you think it's too much, too little? And they're going to be taking place between December the 9th and January the 9th. On next week's show, between 7 and 9, when we do our live stream program, uh, I'm going to have a, a special guest uh, with the U.S. Fish and Wildlife Service come on and talk about why these fees are, are necessary and where and how you can participate in having your voice heard. Uh, there's going to be one before we actually do this show, a couple of them. And if you go on their website, I would look up uh, Southeast Louisiana National Wildlife Refuges, and you'll see the schedule for the public forums. There's going to be one in Picayune, December 10th, Margaret Reed Crosby Library. The next day, December 11th, St. Mary Parish Library. That's in Franklin. December the 12th at Plaquemines Parish Library. That's in Buras. December the 13th, uh, West Feliciana Parish Library. That's in St. Francisville. And then 17th, there'll be one in Lacombe at the main headquarters. And on December 18th, at the New Orleans Regional Library on Reed Boulevard. And these are all scheduled at 5 p.m. So if you feel very strongly one way or another, or you want to find out and and make a decision whether you think these fees are warranted, uh, make it a point to show up. They also take public comments over the Internet and letters. Uh, go to that website of the Southeast Louisiana National Wildlife Refuge and stay tuned next week. You'll learn an awful lot about it. All right, coming back after this, so we're getting a few more text messages in. We'll share those with you. We're coming back right after this. Got some fishing info, too. Stick around. This is The Outdoors with Don Dubuque, Radio Network. All right, our text message board, uh, getting a little busy here. We got a good morning from my friend Justin, who lives in the Gentilly Wildlife Refuge, we call it. Uh, the coons are back, not one duck or ibis in the sky. Thanks for the duck and coon and ibis report. And he congratulates to Rummel. Rummel High School, my old alma mater, where I played football a million years ago, won the state title last night against a very good Catholic high team from Baton Rouge. They won it 14-10 in a very exciting game. 
uh, basically wanted on a kickoff return, about a 90-yard return by a kid named Donovan Kaufman, who may be one of the best players in the state. Anyway, congratulations to them. And we got a little game coming up at 3 o'clock. LSU Tigers taking on the Georgia Bullfrogs. I know a lot of you will be listening and watching that. All right, here's uh, one from Bo. He's headed to the deer stand. You go with me every Saturday morning. Blessed as always to hear your voice. Very kind of you to say, Bo. Hope you get a deer. Let us know where you are and what you're seeing. Uh, then we have um, listening to y'all via the interweb in Lumberton, Texas. I know there's a Lumberton, Mississippi. Not familiar with Lumberton, Texas. Keep the info coming. Hope to return to Saltwater next week. Thanks to you and your reporters for valuable info. No boudin. Terrible coffee, but they do have homemade biscuits in Lumberton, Texas. That's from our friend Lafayette Yacker. Uh, then we have this one that says, Good morning, Don. You had me confused yesterday, filling in on a different show. The rut started in Pearl River, Louisiana. That's Outlaw John. And he says on the 14th, next Saturday, they're serving spaghetti at Just Not Donuts in Slidell for a toy. Thanks for doing your show. Yeah, that's a good trade. Bring a toy for a kid and get you some spaghetti at Not Just Donuts, uh, fulfilling their name. And then we have this one. Don, what do you think affects migration more than anything? That's from Urson and Destrahan. I will answer that right after we pause 10 seconds for our local stations to identify themselves on the Outdoors with Don Dubuque Radio Network. Well, clearly uh, we are not getting the migration that is historic in South Louisiana, in North Louisiana, some parts of Mississippi, Alabama, and even now in Missouri. Um, and there's a lot of factors, I think, that affect migration. That's why it's so difficult to nail one thing down. But what does affect it, number one, is photoperiodism. That is the length of the day. And I believe that is probably the number one factor in influencing teal migration. That's why they leave so early. The days start getting shorter. They recognize that the biological urge is in their DNA to migrate. Other ducks migrate. The number one priority is food, which is their fuel. And that helps them deal with cold weather. It helps them make that long trek down south and back up again to the nesting grounds. But what's happening if... There's artificial things being done to the habitat if it's being manipulated up north. And there's food, even though there may be ice and snow and a lack of food on some of the habitat, yet there's standing corn that's unharvested and it's got water in it that is not frozen by certain means that they do that with pipes and pumps. Um, The ducks, I believe, they're not going to come down any further than they have to. And then that gets back to that biological urge in their DNA. Uh, We've seen that Canada geese were intentionally and successfully shortstopped. There used to be migrating flocks of Canada geese on the mouth of the Mississippi River, of course, all of southwest Louisiana. And back in the 50s and 60s, they intentionally uh, gave them food to stay up north where they did not have to migrate, and the migration stopped. The only Canada geese you see... For all intents and purposes, there may be a few stragglers that migrate are the ones that are on the golf courses and the parks that live here. They have become resident birds. And to what extent the habitat manipulation, which is growing corn and flooded water and not harvesting it and leaving it for waterfowl, is altering our migration, I'm not totally sure, but it is having some effect. 
Some people think it is a major factor. So all those things will be talked about in the coming weeks. And like I mentioned, if you stay tuned, uh, we have a Flyway Foul Mouth Radio feature going to be coming on. Uh, that will be on December 28th, 8 to 9. So hope you'll tune in for that and comment. Thank you for your text. we got some more coming in. We'll get back to those. But right now we got to take a quick time out. And we come back, Jeff Brule, our freshwater fishing reporter, he's got some pretty good news, not only for bass, but also those fish we love to catch and eat called crappie, white perch, sockalay. Some people call them speckle perch. Back with his report after this on the Outdoors with Don Dubuque Radio Network. Well, when you hear that, if you don't get fired up wanting to take that fish's challenge and go catch him, I don't know. Maybe you better check your pulse. That's Jeff Brule's report. It's his theme song, and it's brought to you by Berkeley, a division of pure fishing. You know them. Got the Berkeley line of gulp baits for the sockelet, the bass, the inshore and offshore saltwater line of all kinds for fishing, whether you use monofilament, braid, fluorocarbon, plus there's thousands of fishing accessories, everything from a catfish flipper to a weigh scale. To fillet knives, if it's for fishing, Berkeley has it. They are a division of pure fishing, and I strongly suggest doing this holiday shopping season. Check it out. You'll find lots of stocking stuffers for the fishermen on your list. Jeff joins us now, and Jeff, you've been a busy guy. You caught several species this past week. You really worked them over. Tell us about it. Oh, yeah, we had a good trip to Delacroix yesterday. <clears throat> we uh, went with Kent Saxon, the Gator Tracks boats, and my, my buddy Skip Rayburn. We went all the way down to Oak River area below uh, Batola and Grand Lake and all that area. Uh, we caught reds, bass. We even caught some white bass. And then we went back over around Four Horse Lake and caught a dozen trout. Um, trout bite was kind of slow, but uh, we got a lot of takedowns, and we really wasn't sure exactly where they were or the patterns or anything. But the, the trout were about 14 inches on average, nice nice fish, uh, just under about five foot under a popping cork with a, a matrix shad. But the key to the bass is just uh, hitting any kind of point on Oak River or just right off Oak River. Sometimes you can find some bass. But it seemed like the better fish, the bigger bass were on uh, Oak River. Uh, now, my buddy Skip, we caught a lot more fish, but he fished for about 30, 40 minutes with the point of his hook bent down. He didn't notice it, so uh, I told him that was going to be the tip of the week was how to sharpen your hook because he, he missed a bunch of fish. and We had we just had fun laughing and having a good time, but it, it was pretty much action when we got there and action until we, we left. So it's a good place to go hit for bass if you're looking to catch some bass this weekend. Yeah, it was a nice mix. You picked up reds and uh, even some trout there by Four Horse Lake. It's a good thing about Delacro. You know, it's certainly a good opportunity to catch several species of fish. Uh, Jeff, though, uh, this time of year, a lot of people start turning their attention to the white perch, uh, crappie, sockeye, whatever you want to call them, and a lot of the rivers now are starting to come on. But it's a little tricky to catch them until that water warms up a little more. But tell people what the best method or technique it is for locating and catching them in the river systems. Uh, you need a good set of electronics. That's really the main thing. Uh, these fish are deep this time of year. Yes, and you know, deep for us is ten to twenty foot range. You know, you get on a Chipunkta, it's a little bit deeper than some of the other rivers. They might be twenty, twenty five foot deep on some kind of cover, like say a treetop or you know, a hump or something like that that you can find in the main river. But you need those electronics to catch them. Now I've got good reports from Tickball, you know, even Bayou Lacombe. They've got a good supply of uh, white perch over there to catch uh, but you want to fish things like docks first with, that are you know coming out in the deep water uh, lay downs if you see some big lay downs and on the river bank you want to try to get to the 
tip of them in the deeper water. And a lot of times you just use a sliding cart with a shiner once you find them with your electronics, and you can catch some nice fish. And and I did get some reports from the Henderson area that the Chafalaya, it's, uh, it's steady. It's probably going to come up in about a week or two because they got a little rise in the river coming. But right now they said they're catching around the I-10 bridge and the stump fields around Henderson. So that's so kind of a shallow water pattern over there. But the rest of the places, you've got to have those electronics to catch them. Yep, going to be a lot of boats out there in that Henderson Chafalaya area with the river down until it comes back up again. Uh, sliding cork. Tell folks how to rig a sliding cork. Well, first thing you need is some type of bobber stoppers. They sell little rubber beads that you thread on your line. You can actually, you know, if I'm in a pinch, I'll use a uni knot with a piece of monofilament, and you, know, you can Google that how to tie it. But basically, it's a you just wrap the line on on itself on top of the line, and you can cinch it down. Not too tight, but as long as you can slide that stopper up and down, and you put maybe a bead and then a cork. And then maybe something underneath where your cord doesn't get caught in your uh, your hook. And then if you're using shiners, you just use a big enough cart where you can weight it down where it'll slide pretty fast. And that way, you know, if you go to one top and you fish 10 foot deep for a while, you don't catch them. You slide that bobber stopper a little deeper and maybe try 12 to 13. And eventually, you know, with your electronics and finding groups of fish and you tell about how, what depth they are, you can use that sliding cork to hit the right depth. And, you know, you learn a few treetops on Chifuncta and places like that. You can catch a nice mess of crappie this time of year. Jeff, you've been mentioning electronics. Uh, tell people how to use electronics if you're looking, particularly for the, the white perch. Well, you need to learn how to set it. There's some settings, the sensitivity and the, the extra noise that you might get. You know, say if it's kind of a muddy area you're fishing out real clear water it'll have some debris floating in the water and it'll, it'll give you false echoes but you really need to learn you know what it looks like how to set it up because you know i always call it the lasagna pattern it's kind of what you're looking for uh, but it looks like a little wavy line and when you find stuff like that with fish on the bottom that's usually a good school of fish now you also need to be able to you know maybe find a treetop or you know there's all kind of imagings and things that you can get with electronics that'll show you actually treetops or if it's a bridge or a pylon or a rock or something underneath the water. And you just learn to idle over the cover, just kind of figure out where the deep cover is. And then eventually you're going to find a spot that's going to light up with a lot of arches and colors over the the different cover you're looking at. And then and you just got to learn how to drop uh, the sliding cart down there to them and find out what depth they are. And, Usually once you find the depth, they're going to be like that all over the river, and you just keep moving and just looking for new spots. and Just keep cycling through them because eventually you're going to find the right area and catch fish. It's, 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 but it's learning electronics and how you use them is, is a key. Yeah, they're really good to find the fish, but they're also good to find where the fish are not. You can tell when you see nothing, move on, don't waste your time because time certainly is of the essence. Jeff, thanks so much for the report. What you got going on this weekend? Oh, not too much. I'm watching Tigers a day, and uh, I got a box of fish to clean because my buddies and them they didn't take it. They'd been down there all last week, and that was the, the funny thing. Uh, Kent Saxon has a camp in Point Lahash, and they come from there towards Oak River to fish, and I took them down there from Delacroix, and I went to pretty much the same exact spot they've been fishing all last week where we were catching fish. So we had fun. We enjoyed it. And, uh, you know, like I said, if you can get out there and you want to catch some fish, Use your darker colors in Delacroix, and you should be able to get a, a few bass and nice size and uh, plenty of them. Sounds good, Jeff. Have a good weekend, my friend. We'll catch up with you next time. Thanks, Don.
All right, that's Jeff Brule. Hopefully next time he comes on, it'll be real close to Christmas, and maybe he'll give us some stocking stuffer ideas because I know a lot of you scratching your head. You, you, he, Jeff will do the thinking for you. He knows a lot about equipment. He's a tech kind of fisherman. All right, we come back after this. Daryl Carpenter, Grand Owl. Find out what's going on way down south Louisiana right after this time out on the Outdoors with Don Dubuque Radio Network. All right, continuing on our mission to help you find and catch fish, we do it every week. Daryl Carpenter joins us to report on the Grand Isle, Leeville, Golden Meadow areas. Daryl, what's going on down south? Oh, Don, it's kind of a continuation of last week, man. Uh, I don't, I don't remember a time when the water has stayed as clear as long as it has, and, and I mean exceptionally clear down there. Um, the yeah, of course you you get your days right after the fronts and you know especially with these high with the with the big tide ranges you get your days where it dirties up a little bit in those big bays, but man it's just been great. Um, the the fish seem to be just like I reported last week they seem to be congregated either right near the coast you know the lower reaches of Bayou Lafourche um, uh, around the Grand Isle bridges uh, around Highway One if. There seems to be very little in that middle ground, so you've either got to go there or you got to go way up north, you know, up toward the, the the Little Lake Hackberry Bay area on our side or the Catfish Lake area on the on the on the west side. Um, but it's been man, it's been just a really good week. I mean, this week it it seemed like bait didn't matter. I mean, fish were caught on plastics of every various different color. The 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 diving baits. Um, the suspended baits, all of that stuff, everything worked this week. Now, of course, look, you, you've got your bad days. You've got, uh, you know, toward the end of last weekend, it, it muddied up just a little bit. It slowed down. Uh, I even made a pass by the bridges, and nobody there was, you know, was really catching anything of any numbers. But two days later, the fish were right back, and they were slamming it. Uh, limits of trout coming off the beach. The flounder, the flounder bite has slowed down a little bit. I think they've pretty much done their migration. Uh, there'll be a few of them left here and there, but as far as the the big flounder bite that was going on a month ago, I think I think those fish have moved on out. Um, redfish. Uh, I left Grand Isle the other day. Like I said, when I drove by the bridges, um, I mean you couldn't you couldn't go a hundred yards down Highway One without a redfish busting in the roadside ditch. They, the, I guess we're running about a month behind because usually it's late October. We start seeing that, that final migration of all those shrimp, and that's when those redfish just, I mean, they tear the grass lines up chasing those schools of shrimp, and, and that's what was going on. I mean, just even driving down the road, you'd see schools of shrimp jumping in the ditch, and sure enough, a redfish would come out of the water chasing them. So it, it's been a really good week, and it, it should continue at least until all those shrimp leave out. Um, you're seeing an occasional bird or two uh, when you get on some trout that are busting those schools of shrimp that are coming out. But it, it's not something you can launch the boat and say, hey, look, I'm going fish to birds today. Um, but, man, if you if you see shrimp popping, you see two or three shrimp popping somewhere, get on it because that's it's going to be fish chasing them. Yeah, they're not jumping for joy. They, they, there's a reason no. they're trying to get out of Dodge, they, and that's what they you don't want do aerobics. Them, for sure. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, they don't do now, aerobics. 
I hope our sheep head is still going to be around in a couple of weeks. We come down there and want to do a sheep head feature for Bayou Wild TV and kind of educate the public and, and maybe raise the level of the image of the sheep head. I think it well deserves it. It just doesn't get the respect. Yeah. It's like, it's like and, the Rodney Dangerfield fish. Yeah, well, until you come up with an automated way to clean them, I don't know if you're ever going to ele- uh, elevate them very high because people just hate cleaning them. I mean, it's, let's face it, I can clean three or four speckled trout in the time it takes you to clean one red. Well, I'll tell you what, I know head. some I know some guys that are experts at it. You would not believe how quick they can clean the sheep head. Dale, real quick, give us your contact info. If somebody wants to book a trip with you this fall and winter. DonTheOutdoorsGuy.com under the reporters tab, uh, uh, RealScreamers.com or – Two two five nine three seven six two eight eight. Thank you, my friend. We'll catch up with you next week. All right. All right, Daryl Carpenter. We got more fishing reports. Mike Gallo, Eric Mahabarak, Ryan Lambert. We're going to talk to some duck hunters. Lots going on, and also announce a special anniversary today. We'll tell you all about it when I come back on the outdoors with Don Dubuque, Radio Network Part Two. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply.